This is episode 281 of the Wildlife Photography Podcast. In this episode, a coronavirus update from Wuhan. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye, and this episode has nothing to do with photography, but it has to do with travel. Now, yesterday, which was the 5th of March, the first case of coronavirus was confirmed in South Africa. And the general thing, I mean, we get emails and WhatsApp messages and the whole thing, like, we're going to cancel everything and it's panic and everything. Now, we've all kind of thought that there's too much panic or we don't know what's going on. Is the media over-dramatizing this thing? It, it's this kind of unknown, right? And it's on everybody's lips. So through a contact from, that Andrew Danquitz has, we got hold of Dr. Sean James Dickinson, who works in Wuhan, where this whole thing started. And we got him on FaceTime and we had a chat to him, just kind of broad strokes, from the horse's mouth, if you will, what the situation is and what is happening on the ground in Wuhan right now. And also just from a travel point of view and an, and an overall information point of view, we just had a chat to him. Now, this is obviously just one discussion, but we thought it would be valuable for you guys listening to the podcast, to get people traveling with us, just for you to have this information as well. And hopefully just like, like, like Dr. Dickinson says in this, just to kind of not panic off the bat. Right, so myself and Jono had a sit down and we spoke with uh, Dr. Dickinson for quite some time. Great information and it's just nice to get it from the horse's mouth without it having been filtered through the media and it's all these differing opinions. So, I hope you guys enjoy this. If you have any questions at the back of this, please feel free to email me, Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y at WildEye, that's WildEye, two words with a dash in between, dot C-O dot Z-A, and um, we can either try and help or we can then try and get Dr. Dickinson back at some stage for a follow-up. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Oh, very well, thanks, bud. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us today. No worries. Sure. Before I get started, I just want to introduce you to John and Jerry, directors of Wild Eye. Sean, how are you, man? How are you, Sean? Hi there. Hi there, good, thanks. They, they've got some questions they're going to ask you. Um, before I give the mic to them, just a little bit of history on yourself, Sean, if you don't mind. Um, you know, Steve, right. Steve, your cousin and I have been best mates since... We kind of terrorized high school back in the day and we've always thought thought you of being some kind of super genius confirm for me that you you left south africa to go to china to continue your studies in medicine yeah i finished my first degree at tux and then i came to china to do my medical degree okay so confirm you learned uh, casually learned mandarin to continue your studies <laughs> I, I did for the first four years, and then I kind of forgot some of it. Oh my goodness. My word. And, you, and it seems like you're playing a mean game of rugby these days. Well, yeah, we haven't played much, and I don't think we will for the near future because of the quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I'll tell you what, Sean, if Tony Stark drops out of the Avengers, that spot's all yours, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Sean, I'm going to pass the mic to Jerry and Jono. They've got a few questions to ask down to business with regards to the coronavirus. All right, no worries. Thanks so much, bud. Sean, hey, nice meeting you, man. Um, so just, just as a bit of background, how this, uh, what we do is I run a wildlife photography podcast, which we put out, and it's, it's kind of anything to do with wildlife photography, obviously the travel, the destinations and stuff. So 
a lot of our people have started asking. So what I did is I spoke to my sister. She's a reporter at Eyewitness News, one of our local channels. And I just said to her, just, just broad, broad kind of um, questions around this thing. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of read through this with you. Sorry to interject. I'd like to obviously just come in um, on, you know, bigger picture. And we've obviously had our first case of coronavirus picked up in, uh, in South Africa. Uh, it was announced yesterday. Um, you know, and obviously based on the type of business we're in, we are getting a lot of people contacting us about do they travel, don't they travel. Obviously, the, you know, the tourism industry worldwide is under threat and there's obviously so many reports with different opinions, different um, um, uh, eventualities. I read a report from Australia last night that it was estimated that 50, the, I don't know if he was the health minister, that 15 million people would die from this virus um, going forward. And obviously there's a lot of I, I can't say they misconceptions, but due to the differing reports and differing um, uh, projection on infection rates, different um, ability of certain countries to handle these infections, you know, there's such a, you know, there's such an un, um, you know, a, 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 a situation where people don't know what to believe, if I can uh, put it that way. Um, and obviously you being at the epicenter of where the virus first originated from, is that a, is that a fair fact? Yes, um, I'm in Wuhan in the district where it started. Yeah, with all your stuff earlier, there's definitely, there's so many just stories going around. The, the media is not helping it. It's just so much panic mm -hmm. that they're spreading so many different things and I mean, I see on Facebook and the news, there's just so many wrong things going out there that it's mm. just a problem at the yeah. moment. I think, I mean, and that's, I think, the, that's the message we want to try and get across. So if, if we can just work, there's only eight questions here. If we can, and it's just to the point, it's literally just from your side, what you've seen, what you've experienced, to try and just kind of get to a level of not panic to start with, and just to try and get more to the core of it. So is that cool if we just work through these questions quickly? Yeah, that's fine. All right. So, I mean, what's the situation on the ground there right now, and how has it changed in the last couple of weeks? All right. So, at the moment, we're, we can't leave our community, our complex. Mm -hmm. So, in China, in Wuhan, a lot of people live in communities where there's a bunch of high-rises in a um, ground. Okay. So they, we have grass, we have um, playgrounds in our community, but at the moment we can't leave our community. We can walk around downstairs perfectly fine, sure. but we can't go out onto the street. So all the food is getting delivered to our to the gates, and we have to go there and then collect it. Um, outside, I've seen started seeing more cars that mm -hmm. come um, that are on the road mm -hmm. because you can get permission to leave if you have a good reason for it to, to leave your um, community or okay. leave your house i started seeing more traffic on the road and as of yesterday um seven more businesses were allowed to open before we only had five that could do deliveries okay now we have seven businesses uh, sorry 12 businesses that are open and you can order food from and there's more delivery personnel gotcha. to 
food everywhere. Yeah. The doc, um, I have a lot of doctors and nurses that I contact, and they do feel that it's wrapping up here. The the wor- the worst is definitely over for China at oh, the yeah. moment. Like that's the a lot of the hospital, the temporary hospitals and temporary sites where they had patients, they've closed down a oh, few yeah. of those. And a lot of the nurses and medical staff that came from different provinces mm-hmm. have also gone back home. Okay. So they, they, the feeling here is that it's definitely turned mm-hmm. and it's coming to an end soon. Yeah. Businesses are probably going to open within the next two weeks, okay. according Did, to the SMS. And just one question I want to ask. I also looked at a, at a graph um, that somebody shared with me on on the um, the coronavirus and the new infections and the the deaths and the treated infections and that is a they all on a very downward downward curve at the moment. So you know the the incidence of spread of the disease due to quarantine and, and containing it um, has had a major effect on new reported cases and particularly the incidence of deaths um, haven't been increasing as dramatically as initial forecasts uh, predicted. Was, is, that, is there some truth in that comment? Yeah, that, that's the way I feel. When you, when you track the numbers, it was always going to have to be a while as delayed response to see the cured patients just because of the criteria that they were using to classify them as cured. So the infected number still stayed high for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I think the in China, the number of cured patients exceeds the number of patients who are currently infected. But the patients who are currently infected, majority of them will be cured, but it just takes, or healed, but it just takes quite long for that criteria to fit. Mm, the death rates, I think, for the last two days, I think there's only been... 31 deaths two days ago in China and 38 deaths yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely decreased. And because of the po- population of China, that 38 deaths is not even statistically relevant overall with the death rates. It doesn't yeah. change it by yeah. any percent. Sorry, uh, I just want to say, even now, the number, I think the number of infected inside China is, I think it's less than the number of infected outside. Maybe something like that. Yeah. It's I, if I on the last one I saw. Yeah. The population of China is 1.6 billion or something. Yeah, that's crazy. So, do you with with all of this? So these trends that we're seeing and that the media is reporting, do, and this look, it's a big question. But do you think this is as serious as the world and the media is making it out to be at this stage? No, I, I don't think so. If you if you look at proper medical websites and um, medical doctors who have, for example, YouTube channels or write their own articles, they all, they're all the ones saying that people are blowing this out of proportion. It's sure. not as bad. But then you got the regular media mm-hmm. and they're the ones insanely blowing it out of proportion. I mean, if you, if you think of there's just under 100,000 cases worldwide, yeah. there have been. And Wuhan has a population Wuhan city has a population of 11 million. Yeah. So 100,000 out of 11 million is yeah. 1%. Sure. So 
or if all of the, even if all of those people were only in Wuhan, mm-hmm. it wouldn't. It would only be one percent of Wuhan's population. Yeah, Which, and this is worldwide. Yeah, but it's worldwide, and I think the main reason why people panic is because it's something brand new. It's mm. something no one's ever seen before. Yeah. I always think of like, you think of like a parent, a parent with their first baby, mm. everything's a big scare. Mm. But by the time they get to their third kid, <laughs> yeah. the a little sniffle, they're not, they're not rushing the kid to the hospital, or even uh, a vet. For example, if there's a tick that goes around the farm sure. that they know about, they're not going to worry if it infects a hundred cows out of mm. a thousand. But if it's something that they've never seen before, even if there's five cows, they're going to freak out. Absolutely, yeah. And that's that. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe as an understanding for people, if they're going to listen to this, how how is this different to the outbreaks like SARS or Ebola from a couple of years ago? How is this different? How is it different? Um, I think the the reaction was much quicker. I think that that's a big thing to understand. The reaction was much quicker, but the the infect the infectivity, like mm-hmm. the infectious. Um, I don't know what, what forgot the word now, but yeah. the infectivity of the is much is much higher. I mean, sure. there's so many more there's so many more people with it, mm-hmm. but in the same side, that's it doesn't mean that it's worse. I think 81% of the cases are very mild, Mm -hmm. where a person just has a slight cold or a slight fever. All right. They don't, and then even then, another 15% are the ones that are a bit more severe, where you need hospitalization. Yeah. And only about 4% need to go into an ICU setting. Gotcha. So it's not a very serious in that regard. I'm not trying to downplay it. I mean, the people who get it, it's horrible. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, not at all. But when you when you think mo- most things are spoken about for the general population, yeah. and yeah, the general population is generally going to be pretty safe. Sure. So, I mean, and, and with all of that going around, now, we just had our first confirmed case in South Africa yesterday. Someone came in from Italy. I mean, as a short version for people, just should we be scared? <laughs> no, not really. Look, you, you, me, for example, my, I, it, the case is in Hilton. I'm from Harwick and my parents now, now live in Peter Maritzburg, sure. so from that area. And I think of my gran who lives in Harwick. Mm-hmm. I'd be scared for her, yeah. simply because she's much older, she has all these comorbidities, but for like my friends, mm. the tw- late 20s, early 30s, I don't think they need to be panicking, need to be worrying. It's not mm. something that, it's not floating around in the air. Like, you actually have to have contact with it. So, I don't think people, I don't, I don't think people should be that scared with it. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to go back, sorry to interject again. I just want to go back to Jerry's uh, first comment on uh, the differences with SARS virus and obviously Ebola, which was um, in West Africa, um, uh, several years ago. I mean, obviously, if I'm right, the mortality rate on Ebola was extremely high. And it was, uh, in, our, in our instance, fairly well contained within, within West Africa and didn't spread elsewhere. We didn't have any infections in East Africa, Southern Africa. So it was fairly well contained. And the mortality rates on Ebola without, were far higher. Um, mortality rates on SARS virus um, versus um, 
coronavirus far higher? I mean, have you got those numbers at the top of your head or? So at, at the moment, with the first one with Ebola, I think that one sat at around 30 or 50%. I've seen one article that says 30. I've seen another one that says 50. And that one didn't spread as much because you actually had to have contact with bodily fluids mm-hmm. of the person. So it couldn't come from a cough. It had to be okay. actual fluids. Whereas SARS... And Ebola didn't infect as many people. SARS yeah. infected a lot more. And the similarity between SARS and uh, this one, they are both coronaviruses. They're both spread by respiratory mm-hmm. droplets. So you cough or sneeze. The, and this one's, there are a lot more people infected with this one. But, and is, more people have died from uh, COVID-19, those current coronavirus, mm. but out of a percentage, it's less than, the mortality rate is less than SARS. I think mm. SARS sat at around 10%, if I can remember. And currently, I think the worldwide rate for the new coronavirus is sitting at around 3%. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, just from our point of view now, I mean, I've only got three more questions. Sean, thank you for your time. Appreciate this, man. Um, looking at the travel industry. So, I mean, people are panicking about getting on a plane or at airports or major hubs and stuff like that. I mean, what kind of impact do you think it could potentially have? Because people are talking about all flights being cancelled and there's all this panic. I mean, how should there be that kind of over-the-top panic? No, uh, there shouldn't. Like, this was something I learned because I... I was meant to fly the day after the day after one got quarantined that was when i was meant to leave mm-hmm. and i kept thinking i'm actually probably going to be safer staying here because i don't want to get into an airplane filled with all these sick people you're yeah. always worried about that but from the from the stuff that i've seen the world health organization they say that the air filters on the airplanes actually it's basically like it's breathing it, it almost it's almost like you're breathing brand new air because okay. they filter out so much of the bacteria and viruses mm-hmm. that the, your chance of getting it is very low. Yeah. And especially because it's not an it's not airborne, it's aerosolized. So can you just for, like for, you what, what would the difference be between that? Sorry. Okay. So like air, um, if it's um, airborne, with like think of something like chicken uh, measles. Okay. Measles, someone's in a room that can float up in the air. Okay. The, the measles virus. And you can come into the room 20 minutes later and it can still be floating around in the air. Gotcha. Think like when you see in the, in the, like a beam of light, you see little dust particles yes, yes, yes. flying around. They can stay there for a long time. They are airborne. Mm-hmm. But aerosolized is, it's coming out in my cough and in my sneeze. So it's on the tiny little droplets, okay. and it can only go about six meters before gravity. It's still affected by gravity, so six meters is the maximum range that sure. if there's no wind around. After six meters, gravity will bring it down. So if you want a, a comparison, is like if you take a like a mist spray bottle yeah. and you just like squirt a mist, that water doesn't just float the whole time. It gotcha. eventually 
like if I just shoot it out there, it's going to fall down yes. after a few meters. Okay. So that would be the simple explanation. So for layman's terms, if you somebody sneezes and they don't put their hand against their mouth or um, that that um, um, airborne um, 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 liquid will go through, will automatically um, immediately goes through the the aircon or the the, uh, the ventilation systems on the plane. Yeah, well, may, maybe not immediately, but yeah. it gets sucked up. So I think the World Health Organization, they say that when they like track people who have been on the same flight as another person, mm-hmm. they only track two rows in front and two rows behind. Okay. Because that's their range of where the virus can go. Okay. They don't, they don't, they don't say if you're at the front of the plane, they need to check you if that person was at the back. Mm-hmm. They... They, they say that can't happen. Sure. So, so would it then, am, am I correct in saying that the reason that there's this big focus on washing your hands and sanitizer is because if those those molecules or whatever it is then drops down, then the touch is still the issue, yeah? Yeah, because how many how many times do people do yeah. this? Or <laughs> do this like, like you're doing right now. Sure. Yeah. People, people just touch everything. And I think they said the virus, if it lands on like a solid metal surface, mm-hmm. so a railing or something like that, it can survive for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, people always touch everything. So it's not just like, um, it's don't, you need to wash your hands before you even touch your cell phone, for example, because sure. later you might wash your hands and then touch your cell phone, which is a bit dirty. So, yeah, yeah the main thing is that they, because even if someone sneezes into their hands, yeah. they can still touch something and then you touch it. So gotcha. that's why the main thing is to wash your hands. All right. so, and the one big thing that when, when the case was announced in South Africa yesterday, the main thing that everybody now rushes out is they get these pharmacy bought masks and they're all buying hand sanitizer. Good idea, bad idea, does it do anything? The hand sanitizer, perfect idea. Mm-hmm. Um, just because so when, when you're out and about, sure. it's the good, the good thing. The masks are, the, the, if you read the, I posted something on my Facebook, you can get um, Andrew to show you the picture sure. at a later stage. The World Health Organization's recommendation for when to use a mask. And they don't recommend a mask for the everyday person who's healthy mm-hmm. because those standard masks that you see, the surgical yeah, yeah, yeah. doctor's mask, those aren't meant to protect you. Because sure. they're, they're, for doc- they're meant to protect the patient mm-hmm. when you're doing a surgery yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So they're not for your protection. And the virus can travel through that material. Mm-hmm. It catches a lot because your droplets now can't go through it. Yeah. But it's not the main... It's, it's not the be all end right, all right. and anyway most people can't wear them don't wear them correctly there's a <laughs> lot of gaps in the side yeah, yeah, yeah. Nose, and people take them off and the main the main thing that a mask will actually do for the everyday person mm-hmm. is that you will be a lot more conscious you can't then touch your own nose and mouth if you're wearing a mask, you're not going to accidentally of course, of course. scratch your nose or touch your mouth. And that's that's one of the main things, advantages that a mask does have. Right. So so, so people sense, can yeah. so people can all kind of calm down and not go buy in bulk. 
<laughs> yeah, and from a from a vaccine point of view, where where is things? I mean, are we close? Is there one? How does that? What's the status on that? Yeah, my, my comment on that is it's obviously a respiratory type of um, infection, and obviously over the years there's been a lot of research on flu vaccines, and I think there was something on SARS SARS vaccine. So it's not a a completely different and more aggressive thing like an Ebola, uh, creating an Ebola vaccine. So obviously there's been over the years much research done on respiratory type um, infections. So um, would, would it be comment, a fair comment to say that people are getting closer to vaccines? Personally, I don't, I don't think it will be available within the next couple of months. Mm. Um, simply because vaccines normally have such a, a high criteria for them to be used in people. Mm-hmm. Um, like most medicines, to get like FDA approval, All right. it has to go through so much testing and so many years that even if they discover a vaccine in the next two months, they still have to go through animal testing first and, and then do trials in certain populations of people sure. to determine that there's no adverse effects from it. They, I think that's the last thing they would want to do is send out a vaccine mm-hmm. that then kills more people yeah. than it actually saves. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sean, last question. Um, if you could send out a message to anybody hearing this or to the world about this thing, what would it be? <laughs> I would say, don't, to, to me, the simple thing is, don't panic, don't overthink and react to all the news that you see. Sure. Just take everything with a logical step mm-hmm. and think about things in a logical way. How would you, how would you not get a, how would you stop yourself from catching the normal flu? Sure. And just take, take those types of measures. Yeah, and uh, I think the main thing that, I mean, for, for our people, our guests traveling with us, for anybody listening, it's just that panic thing because it's just so, it's just all over the place. But that makes 100% sense. Sean, listen, thank you so very much for your time. Appreciate it. Man, you have no idea. Thank you so much. And good luck that side, no man. <laughs> thanks very much. Stay safe, man. Thanks again for yeah. your time. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Sean. No worries. Thanks. Cheers, hey, bye bye. Hey everybody, so there you go. Um, the audio might have been a bit up and down. It was a tough one to hook up, but I think it, it was um, okay to kind of run with. Uh, I hope that helped. I hope that gave you a little bit of peace of mind, but we will obviously, from a wildlife point of view, we're gonna continue to monitor this to the destination we run in, where our guests are coming from, uh, and that for us is a big deal. So every week on the blog, we're putting out an update from our side, any destination news. So you can check that out as well. That's on www.wildeye, that's again, wildeye, two words with a dash in between, dot com. And on the blog, you can find those weekly updates from our side as well. Once again, uh, Dr. Dickinson and Sean, thank you so very much for your time. We really appreciate it. And I will chat to you all in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one.